0: Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the US Open 2020 from Wingfoot. This is a great episode. Me and Pat get into a f- thorough breakdown of Wingfoot strategy as you approach DFS. Our favorite picks, our favorite fades in DFS. We talk about sportsbook plays. We give you a couple of different sports book options that have some very different numbers on a few players that you're going to want to take advantage of. And our unnamed, extremely accurate sportsbook that we think really nails golfers most of the time compared to some of the other lines out there. You're going to want to check that out. Uh, we're going to have a good time with this one and make you a lot of money. We had some great inside information here as well from players already on the golf course at Wingfoot that we passed along to you. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Holistic Wellness. They have a CBD product like none other, targeted at the stress and sleeplessness we all face and other areas like recovery for those long rounds on the course or if you're Pat and you're hungover, the next day is a big deal or your digestion, also like Pat because he's kind of old, elderly and he has that early tea time after a big dinner the night before. He needs help digesting So if you need to maximize sleep before a big round, wake up refreshed in the morning and you need a boost uh, to loosen up the body or eliminate stress, the Holistic Wellness CBD sticks are going to do the trick. You just pop them off, pour it in any beverage, literally any beverage, coffee, water, juice, alcohol, doesn't matter. Pour it in, hot or cold, drink it fast, keep the stick stirring in the water bottle. It's that easy. It's super easy. You just, pour it, drink it. It's awesome. Water soluble, starts working fast. And our friends at Holistic Wellness have an offer for you right now if you go to holisticwellness.com. That's holistic with a K. H O L I S T I K wellness.com enter promo code TJ25. You get 25% off any of their products available at holisticwellness.com, holistic with a K. Find your stick today. Get your 25% off using promo code TJ25 and enjoy the 2020 US Open podcast here you go We're the tour, 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 tour junkies PGA tour for now.
1: Podcast use you gotta have it. special guest DFS D B in
0: them long shots oh, yeah. from custard to Sawgrass, grass. We got your pits, we got your stats, kids and busts kids to let sips and mow lay with pets. To it, to it, to it, to it, junkies. All right, America and beyond. It is US Open Week, the second major of 2020. In September, which is weird, but we're here. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Podcast. I'm David Barnett, your host. Pat Perry with me as well. My my other handsome host. Uh, we're ready to roll. I've got my I've got my uh, 2016 Golby Ryder Cup shirt on. I, I brought it out from deep down in the drawer. This thing got a lot of attention, you know, back uh, back at Hazeltine. Do you remember that, Pat? Oh yeah, it definitely got some good attention. It was a,
1: it's, it's a great shirt. Um, yeah, it's, What's uh, the... and you know what? Obviously very fitting for the week.
0: Yes, very fitting. It's, I'm excited. We're at Wing Foot. We're going to get right into this very quickly. Uh, first of all, got to take care of business, which is, you know, what kind of podcast juice are we sipping on for the U.S. Open podcast for me? I have, one more time, a transfusion with my lovely Wild Leap vodka uh, out of LaGrange, Georgia. Check out Wild Leap. So I'll be sipping on a tranny, man, transfusion. Well, we are uh, sipping on a tranny, huh? <laughs> sipping on a tranny. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, yeah. Which that's I, okay. I'm, that's yes. okay. In 2020, you, perfectly fine. If you are said tranny or you're sipping on said tranny, totally okay with us. No, no harm. No harm at no all. No issues whatsoever. You do you. You do you.
1: Yeah, that is exactly right. And and here's what I'm doing. I'm drinking the same thing you're drinking. I got a little transfusion going right now.
0: I want to have Ooh. a lot going actually. I, well, I'm going to talk I'm about gonna, that, which means there's there's some symbiotic stuff going on right yeah. now. Yeah, we're, we're but we're I I in. feel like I haven't turned it up a notch in the
1: podcast lately. I mean, you've yeah, you you've know. actually kind of you know you've had a few nights that have maybe surpassed me a little bit. But uh, yeah. I'm going to turn it up tonight. This is going to yep. be – this is the U.S. Open. I, I feel – I'm feeling good. And I'm just going to – I'm just going to drink a lot and, and talk some picks. And Apparently Have last week
0: I got kind I of got, – I got there and my eyelids started closing. So – and our friend Marcus Miklovich and Josh, K- Josh Kistler decided to make a T-shirt that was not funny. Not funny at all. So I um, thought it was pretty damn funny. Yeah, so. I'm excited about it. Whatever. Let's move on. Let's quickly talk about the schedule for the week. We are recording this on Sunday night, so it's one night early for us. Uh, we wanted to get the content out there to you. The The pricing has been up for a while on DraftKings. We felt like this was better. The earlier, the better. We're going to get on it. Um, so we're going to talk about DraftKings picks here in a little bit. Pat's obviously going to talk about the golf course. I'm going to throw my two cents in on Wingfoot, but there's t- a ton of information going around on Wingfoot if you want to look for it right now. Well, we're going to get into that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about our, our first looks at the sports book. You know what I mean? Taking a look at DraftKings Sportsbook, Points Bet Sportsbook, where you can go to kind of find some good early odds on outrights, but a lot of matchups, uh, top 10s, top 20s. None of that's been posted yet, which is why you need to keep up with us on the website on tourjunkies.com because tomorrow, so on Monday, you're probably listening to this on Monday. So today, the actually Ben has five extra bonus stats this week. So instead of ten key stats, it's fifteen key stats. Wow, I believe. Wow, okay. fifteen key stats. If you if you just wanna just if you just wanna like what's the guy what's the hot dog the hot dog guy's name the hot dog champion Joey Joey Chestnut. If you just wanna Joey, want Chestnut, a Joey yeah. Chestnut and just shove stats in your mouth this week for the U.S. Open, then uh, Ben is basically your wiener supplier, is what he is. So. <laughs> We're gonna have that up on the website for free. And then very early on Tuesday, if not tomorrow, I might even get started tomorrow. Uh DB's big balls betting card will be up there, which right now I am actively sweating our first hit of the year at a hundred to one on Harry Higgs, who is on the eighteenth hole, down by one, but I think Stuart Sink's about to lock it up, which is just the most twenty twenty thing ever, is what Pat said earlier. Stuart Sink winning would be the most twenty twenty thing ever. Yes. I mean, anyway, why not? Yeah. The big balls betting card for the U S open. The first look will be out very soon, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I'll follow that up on Wednesday night with some last minute, like here's what I've locked in. So if you want to gamble $50, that's what I do. I basically say, if you want to gamble $50, let's have some fun and let's, let me tell you where I would spend it. Uh, and then, um, FGS Pat's fantasy golf sommelier article will be out on Wednesday probably. Um, where you can learn a little bit about some wine and alcohol. As well as This week it's going to be out. It,
1: it might even be out Tuesday morning uh, mm. since we're recording this Sunday. It's been, it's been already three drunk, weeks in a row. Apparently. That's nice. Huh? You're already like, drunk, I guess. No, I'm, I mean, the last oh, three yeah. weeks have gotten out on Tuesday. You you still haven't paid attention to that, but that's okay.
0: My bad. Um, and then what else? What else? Oh, the pivot point. My article that I write where I name two to three really chalky players in terms of DFS and who you should pivot to. Um, So th- that's all free on tourjunkies.com. And then, of course, we'll be in the Nut Hut chat on Wednesday night. We'll talk more about that later. That is what is going down this week. We're excited about it. It's going to be a full Nut Hut on Wednesday night. Me, Pat, Ben, we're ready to go. It's going ha- to be a great chat time. Um, so that's it. Wingfoot is going to be great. I'm pumped. Pat, let's get to the course breakdown and learn a little bit more about Wingfoot while I check and make sure that Harry Higgs has, in fact, probably lost this golf tournament to Stuart Effing Sink, who just birdied the 18th hole after hitting a 326-yard drive. If Stuart Sink is hitting a 326-yard drive and getting home in two on a 586-yard par five, we got to roll the golf ball back, people. Like, is it, this is appropriate for the USGA. It's USGA week, let's roll the freaking golf ball back. I haven't been a proponent of that until now. But geez, I mean, Stuart Sink, 586-yard par five, he gets there in two, no problem. Taps in for birdie, now Higgs has the eagle, my 101 bet is no longer
1: sorry about that let's get into the course breakdown though for the u.s open which is more important because we're gonna we're gonna hit way more bets than whatever this week i think we'll see anyway this is bets. the 120th u.s open championship being played at winged foot golf club and this is winged. the west Court, the winged foot golf course Golf Club, this is the West course. It is a fantastic course and a great challenge for these guys, so I'm excited to see it. It is a par 70 playing almost 7,500 yards. You got 144 players in the field this week, actually 143 now because Scotty Scheffler is not in the field due to COVID, which really upsets me. I had him all over the place here before the show, and it just came out about an hour ago, so – that yeah, is disappointing. hate that for Scottie. Um Top 60 in ties, by the way, make the cut this week. Not 65 as we're used to. At, that's uh, a big deal. Tours. I think
0: you should say that again for the people in the back. Okay, one more time. Top 60 in ties out of
1: this field of 144 players, 143, will make the cut this week. Top 60 in ties. That's three mm. times I've said it now. So hopefully you will listen to that. This yeah. is a, an old school kind of parkland, parkland style golf course, an AW Tillinghast design. I love his courses. Uh, he is just a classical designer. Baltistraw was one of his designs, several other ones. I mean, the, the guy is just a great designer of, of golf courses. Um, there's a lot of definition on this course, but not really like a ton of trees. It's kind of all right there in front of you. You got Poa Narrow Fairways, the rough is going to be high. We've already seen reports on Twitter and things like that. People love to do the 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 ball, like drop of the ball into the rough. Like that, that is a such a move. That is such a like move. you get so many of those tweets. But look, it's thick rough, okay? And they're narrow fairways. You've got to hit them, so that's very important. Um, and then the greens, though, are where just the meat of this course is. You got Poiana greens, or or you could some people may say bent, but they're. They're really listed as 80% POA with some bent in in there as well, but they're going to be bumpy. Um, Severe undulation on these greens. A lot of comparisons to Augusta. A lot of them slope front to back. I think that's important to think about. And they're pretty small greens as well. So, you know, they're tough to hit. They're undulating. I mean, everything about these greens makes them a major championship-style course, uh, so I think if you miss the greens for sure you're definitely gonna have to be good at scrambling I mean you look at the last time they played here when Jeff Ogilvy won he talked about that a little bit about how he, he really scrambled well on this course he was also second in the field in total driving uh, which is a stat we don't always look at now back then they didn't have all these strokes gain stats but basically it's it's when you look at length off the tee plus accuracy. So you're kind of going to want to mix that, like, you know, distance and accuracy this week. If you can find those guys that sort of fit that category, uh, I think you're going to find a guy that, that, that has a chance to do extremely well this week. I think it's going to play firm and fast. I don't know if you've looked at the weather, DB, but right now I don't know if there's a whole lot of rain in the forecast. And uh, if we yeah, get it firm I and looked, fast. there was not. Yeah, if we get it firm and fast, this course is going to play – I mean, I think over par could win it. I mean, we, we'll see, I and mean, that's definitely what the USGA, USGA wants.
0: Um, yeah, there is no rain in the forecast between no no like substantial chance of rain in the forecast until maybe Friday, and that's yeah. only forty percent. And then Saturday and Sunday looks pretty clear, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be dry. Yeah, and they're not gonna be turning the sprinklers on this week at all.
1: So you know yeah. you'll need a worry about that but as far as stats i'm looking at definitely looking at form um i'm looking at that driving accuracy stat i mentioned with distance mixed in Uh, i look at bogey avoidance always during the u.s open guys that aren't making big numbers that aren't making a ton of bogeys i think that's important as well and then strokes gained approach and scrambling uh again these these greens are very tough to hit you got to be great with your approach game and if you do miss them you got to be scrambling your ass off so there you go. Uh, that is, uh, the quick course breakdown
0: DB. Yeah. Uh, great course breakdown, Pat loved it. By the way. Um, for those of you, I'll say it again, top 60 in ties. So very, and there's a hundred, there's a lot of players. There's, there's a lot of players. So you're going to have a very small percentage that gets six of six through you're, you. We should all expect to see carnage and, with the way the golf course is setting up to play, there's not going to be a lot of birdies. There's probably not going to be any eagles, except some somebody's going to luck box into one, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, a lot of the scoring is going to come from where these guys finish in the golf tournament, especially if you finish top five, top ten, and you get those extra DraftKings points in terms of DFS. That's going to be a pretty big deal. So um, you need to think about that when you make your lineups. So you got to think, I need – lineup construction where literally if I can get six guys that have legitimate win equity and win upside in a lineup, that's what I need to shoot for. But you are going to have to have the winner in your lineup, um, to, to even think about placing, you know, in the top half a percent of a GPP and tournament lineup, if you're playing in some of the big ones, the Millie makers, the things like that. Uh, you know, obviously I agree with a lot of the stats. you know, accuracy is a big deal. So we got a, we got a message tonight, Pat, from our friend uh, on Instagram, who is a caddy. He's walked the course today. Uh, And like everybody on Twitter is like, man, the rough is super thick. Good drivers of the golf ball are going to do great right now. It's still pretty slow and soft, but I know by the end of the week, it's going to be a nightmare. Um, He says that the greens are going to be bouncing all over the place is what he says. Um, So and that's what you get with POA anyway. And I think that tends to neutralize the good putters. I think, I think it tends to bring all putters onto the same level. If you have, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that great putters can't still be well, but I, I think it takes a little bit of the, the pop out of the bat for a really, really good putter. So with POA greens and the bounciness and how firm they're likely to be, uh, there is sub air under these green systems, so they can suck the air out of the, the, the moisture out of those things if they want and get them even faster on the weekend. They can, they can burn these babies up to the ground if they want. Um, so I, I, I'm not really, I don't really care that much about putting this week. I just don't. I, I know that these greens are tough. You know, you mentioned how undulating they are. To me, that's all about distance control with your irons and wedges and creativity around the greens um, from a a scrambling standpoint. I I love what you said about Jeff Ogilvy talking about the scrambling. I think that's going to be a big deal. I'm weighting strokes gained around the green heavier than I normally do uh, because of that. I I do want guys that, you know, hit fairways and hit greens. But, listen, out here it looks pretty inevitable that you could be the straightest guy out there and you're going to miss fairways and miss greens here. So you better be able to get it up and down. so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at bogey avoidance, um, patience, you know, thinking about a mindset of a player, somebody that's not super aggressive, somebody that's got a little bit of, you know, maybe a little, little long in the tooth, you know what I mean? A little bit of experience, not too aggressive, uh, kind of a grinder type, par is your friend. Um, and what we've seen over the over the years is most winners come out of the top 30 in the world. Top 30 in the world golf ranking is where most winners come from. So when you're constructing your lineups, you have to make sure you're looking at that going, okay, I have three or four or five guys in here that give me a legitimate chance of winning the tournament if I can't get all six. So uh, I think those are things to think of. And, and obviously in terms of DFS ownership, right, Pat, it's all about ownership. So ownership, leverage. Definitely. Um, Uh, Good stuff,
1: man. Yeah. I agree with almost pretty much everything you said. I I wish there was a, a stat that if you want to talk about putting, uh, a stat that could just like drill down the guys that putt really well on extremely fast undulating greens. But we don't have that. <laughs> so you're just going to have to kind of, fight, you know, maybe go with those guys that are in good recent form as far as the putting is concerned and things like that. But I, I don't know. I, I agree. I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm going to sit there and drill down too much on, on these you know, you have these guys though that do typically just tend to putt well on those type greens, and you—that's where really kind of watching golf comes into play a little yeah. bit. you know, just just paying attention to what's going on. But
0: you could um, you could narrow that down actually on on fantasy national if you only if you knew the courses that fit that mold. So if you're if you're a member at fantasy national and you know like course one two three four five six are undulating fast. POA, whatever greens, you could restrict your search to just those greens and look at guys who played well there. I don't know how big your sample size is going to be for something like that. I would be wary of that. But um, it is something you could do if you wanted to on Fantasy National. Speaking of Fantasy National, thanks to those guys for taking care of us, third year in a row, going on four years with Fantasy National. That is our go-to spot for stats, for ownership, uh, for ownership information for lineup builders, lineup optimizers, that's where our models come from. Um, that's where we find all these PJ Tour stats. All these stats that we reference come from the majority of them come from Fantasy National. We've been using them for like I said almost 40 years now and they take great care of Tour Junkie's listeners. So if you haven't already signed up for Fantasy National, you can go to fantasynational.com/tj and you get 20% off any subscription that you do. Uh, you can join for uh, you can join weekly, monthly, or annually on Fantasy National. So you can try for this week. And then if you love it, keep it up. Change it to the month or the year membership, and you keep the 20% discount all the way through. Um, it's a great thing. So go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, or when you sign up, you can just use the promo code Junkies. tell them Junkies sent you, and get that 20% off, and help us out too. It helps us out. So uh, love the stuff over there at Fantasy National, and uh, they've been taking care of us for a while. Um, all right. Well, I feel like, you know, there, there's so many things that people can get information they can get on Wingfoot. foot. Uh, I feel like that's enough about the golf course and kind of our approach as well. So let's get into some picks. Let's get into some players on DraftKings. I, you know, I want to be pretty disciplined here, despite the big names we're going to give you, if you're, if you're new to the podcast, we break things up into GPPs or tournaments, which are large, you know, guaranteed prize pool tournaments on DraftKings on FanDuel. Um, where you know it's very top heavy and uh, only the top 20 or so percent are going to get paid out and you're trying to finish in the top 1%, right or better. So ownership leverage is a big deal in GPPs. You know having low owned players that pop, not having high owned players that suck is a big deal in those. We're also going to have cash plays which is our you know who cares about ownership, who cares about how popular they are. We feel like these guys are going to play really well play them no matter what in cash games, head-to-heads, 50-50s, and double-ups on those DFS sites. And then we're going to give you our fades in each category. Guys to avoid. Guys, we think if you're going to plant a flag, don't play these guys for whatever reason. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to break it down. We're going to break it down into 9K and above, 8K, 7K, and 6K. And then when we get into 6K, Pat, I have something special. I've done a lot of digging into the 6K because you know what? We get so many questions every week, every Wednesday night in the Nut Hut, don't we? What's like the most popular question in the Nut Hut, Pat? Oh, it's
1: definitely your favorite play under under seven K.
0: Who are your favorite guys under seven K? Right, because everybody's trying that to is, yeah. stack the top guys. Now, if you were in the Nut Hut this past week for the Safeway on Thursday morning, because they didn't see off till like ten or I think it was ten, yeah, ten Eastern uh, time. One of my favorites was a guy named Harry Higgs who just finished runner up at the Safeway and he was 3% owned um, and he was six something thousand dollars. So everybody's always looking for these little nuggets, right? So I went, I really went through some of the names in the six K, especially the guys coming over from the European tour that a lot of people don't have any familiarity with. So I want to give you my favorite plays in the six K, but if you stick around long enough, I'm also going to talk through some of those names in the European tour coming from the European tour that I think may be worth a look and maybe you should just forget are there. Don't even get caught up, right? Uh, Because I think you're going to get ownership leverage with just about all of them. So looking at who I think could pop in that range, I want to spend a little more time on that, but let's start nine K and above, uh, three tournament or GPP plays, a cash play and a fade. Pat, are you going to play Dustin Johnson? And if not, or if so, who else are you going to play?
1: i think i will have some dj shares he's not listed as you know when you know since we're narrowing it down a little bit more here he's not listed as one of my plays this week but i could still end up with some shares of dj at 115. i don't mind that i think like you said there's a lot of good guys in the 6k range that you can play and put fit dj in your lineup so but i'm starting at justin thomas at 10 mm-hmm. 7. I like the price for him. You know, obviously coming in in good form. He was second last or two weeks ago at the Tour Championship. You know, checks the box. He's he's obviously a great ball striker. Approach. He's number two in the field. Top twenty in the field in scrambling. Thirty fourth in driving distance. Thirtieth in bogey avoidance. Doesn't check the boxing driving accuracy, but you'll see that a lot with these top guys. It's very hard to match a guy. You know, in this that that, that has a ton of distance with accuracy you're not going to see a guy that's like number one in accuracy and number one in in distance there's just no no, like if we see that guy he's winning every single damn golf tournament ever so I love some Justin Thomas this week I wonder I think his ownership might be a little lower you know I, I think you know more people are going to go to some guys around him but um we'll see where that that ends up but but I like him he is one of my favorite plays here So that is my first GPP play. My second is Xander Schauffele at 10-1. I absolutely love him. Now you talk about a guy that can check the box in both distance and accuracy. That is Xander Schauffele. He's also number one in the field in bogey avoidance. He is seventh in scrambling, and he is also top 20 in ball striking. The approach game – not as good right now but we've seen him in great form again just like JT was second at the tour championship another course that's very difficult off the tee and you've got to you know got to keep it in the fairway and and it's it's just i think xander is just primed and ready to win his first major championship so at 10-1 i like him as well for your tournament lineups my last GPP play I think is going to be a little bit controversial. I think you're not going to like this one because there's some Ooh. stat categories where he doesn't really check the box. Okay. But I like what I saw with him at the PGA Championship just a few weeks ago at Harding Park on another very difficult course. And he's been in good form most of the year. Tony Finau at 9,100. Mm. And I'm wondering where his ownership is going to fall because he's right there next to Berger, who we know is going to be extremely popular. And I love Berger, but – I think he's going to be a little bit chalky. Hideki probably won't. I don't know. Cantlade might not. But I feel feel like a lot of people go down there and look at Berger and say, okay, Berger, check. And they're going to take him, and they're going to forget about Finau this week. But you look at it, he's 20th in the field in ball striking, 25th in approach. He's top 10 in driving distance, top 20 in bogey avoidance. I feel like Finau is, is, is ready for a good week. And we've seen him play good almost all year. Um, you know, he was – Fifth at the BMW just a few weeks ago. He had that fourth place finish at the PGA Championship. Um, So I like him. And I'm going to be very interested to see when ownership projections come out where Tony Finau is because typically he is pretty high-end. But I just wonder if this week it's going to be a little bit less than normal. As far as a cash play, I feel like this is very easy. Webb Simpson at 9,700. He's got great U.S. Open experience. He's obviously won one before – You talk about sort of the mentality factor of a golfer. Webb fits that perfectly for the U.S. Open. I mean, there's not a stat that shows that, but he's just very calm, very cool. You know, he doesn't get too up or down on a golf course. He's got a great caddy in Paul Tessori, you know, and then he's obviously in, in fantastic form. So I think Webb Simpson makes for a pretty easy just, you know, forget it, set it, and forget it cash play at 9700 I like that. And then my fade is going to be Bryson DeChambeau, and I don't care what you think about him as far as his personality and whatever else. I just don't like him for his game for a U.S. Open. He's the opposite of Webb. I think he gets a little bit flustered when he starts spraying it or doesn't do something right or whatever. I think the U.S. Open is just not a great tournament. Now, or tournament for him, I like him for the Masters, something like that. Yeah. But I yeah. don't like him at the at a U.S. Open. And he's just – you know, he's – he hasn't played near as well as when we had the restart. And he's obviously going to – he's number one in the field in driving distance, but he's also 114th in the field in driving accuracy. His approach game, he's 126 in strokes gain approach. And around the greens, he is 91st. So I just don't see Bryson doing anything, yeah. you know, in that price of 9900 I still think it's just – way overinflated based
0: off of how he played, you know, going on a couple months ago. So there you go. That Here's is going to happen. Uh, I want, I want to stay on Bryson because come Wednesday night, you're going to be looking at ownership projections and Bryson's going to be like 6% projected. He's going to be low. And you're going to be like, Ooh, 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 ooh you know, mm-hmm. and then that's tempting. That's tempting. I am trying to talk myself out of it because my fate in this range is Bryson as well. It, the, you cannot from what we're hearing from what we're seeing from what the USGA has made it very clear they want to do with this golf course you cannot play this golf course well missing the fairway which means bryson has to dial it back off the tee he has to but so so you're taking away his greatest weapon but he's not even tour average with his irons right now he's awful he's terrible so you're moving him further back from in the fairway from where he's he's typically used to if he hits a fairway, and you're moving him you're putting a long you know well not longer God he's so complicated you're not putting a longer club in his hand because all of his clubs are the same damn length, but you're putting a different club a the, the face angle is different for crying out loud if you're moving him back right, and then his 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 game around the green is so bad I think that for Bryson to come out in top five top ten this thing would be he he is going to I mean he's going to have to have one of the best you know chipping around the green performances he's had in recent history so I think Bryson is the 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 obvious fave here um so I am going to play DJ I will pay the 11.5 I think there's plenty of value down below we can mess with um for you know someone who putts best on POA surfaces for someone who is playing the way that DJ is playing right now I can't avoid him and I I want to play him I I I like the win equity I think he has more win equity than anyone else in the field right now at this moment with everything clicking the way that it's clicking and I want to have the winner and I honestly believe DJ is the clear favorite coming into this week He just is. Um, and so, and he's got a great U S open record, as we all know, uh, incredible U S open record. I mean, uh, just in the last five years, a first, a runner up and a third. So I gotta, I gotta have DJ. I agree with you on Xander. And I think Xander may be a little chalky. Um, people are going to dodge Rory right now. And I think, I think you should, I think Rory's not there right now. It's he's he's not he's not all there at the moment. Um he he finished top ten at East Lake. Um, but it just remember there's only 30 players. So uh he's just not all, all the way there. So I think people are gonna play Xander. I think I could see him being popular, but I don't care. Uh and I'm not super worried about the iron play as as much. He's also uh got a really solid US open record. He's played three US opens. His worst finish is a sixth. That last time I checked, is pretty solid. You, I mean, Xander just shows up for big golf tournaments. So Xander's a must for me. And then I'm going to go and play, you know, you mentioned Webb, and I definitely don't mind Webb at all. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to avoid Webb. But as we say with every major, with every really strong field, you have to plant your flag. You cannot play them all. You have to make choices. You don't need to play them all. You need to plant flags on two or three guys up here and and be okay not playing a guy that you you like like web is that guy for me i like web um if if you hit me up in the nut hut on wednesday night and want me to talk you out of web i'm not going to talk you out of web if that's who you like but i am going to go with daniel berger at 9200 i get a little bit of a price break from a guy like web and the form the ball striking the fairway finding the around the green everything is solid historically a good poa putter um still I guess he's still like really trying to make this Masters campaign for for the 2020 Masters that he's not in I feel like he's like somewhat motivated to do that I don't know decent U.S. Open record history he's made four or five cuts with his best finish was a sixth Um, but I think Berger is as good a bet as any and I love the price at 9200 my cash play is going to be another guy who has a tremendous U.S. Open record if he can hit some fairways, that would, be, that would be nice, and that is Hideki Matsuyama. Love the savings with Hideki at 9,000. Great scrambler right now over the last 24 rounds, avoiding the bogeys. Irons are sharp. He's just got to hit a few more fairways. That, that's it. He, he tends to break even on POA surfaces, which is great for Hideki. He doesn't lose a bunch of strokes. And, again, great U.S. Open record. I feel like in a in a golf tournament where you really are trying to get six guys through the cut. If you can get six guys through the cut this week, you are on a roll. If you can get five or six through, you're probably good as long as you have some leverage. I think Kadeki's a solid cut maker at nine k. So that's 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 what I got. Um, okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's get down into the eight k range on DraftKings. I'll I'll kick us off here. <laughs> Oh, this is tough, man. This is this is tough to narrow down. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm probably gonna screw you up here, Pat. I'm gonna play Tommy Fleetwood. Did I screw you up? You You screwed me up. (laughs) Damn it. So Tommy rounding into some form. The more I dug into Tommy, the more I started liking it. Right. If you're looking at PGA Tour stats right now, they're okay. The irons are a little poor, um, based on some you know his struggle since the restart he just finished 3rd at uh, in portugal on the european tour so obviously played well this past week i think he's going to come under a little bit low owned here um great us open record plays difficult golf courses pretty well best putting surface historically on the pj tour is poa has the distance uh, and the accuracy combo off the tee uh He's also all right so we talk about this from time to time there's a book a sports book that we reference that we don't usually point people to because their numbers are are too good right and you don't want too good numbers you want you want appetizing numbers right but there's a sports book that we reference that we believe has the sharpest numbers for golf we we think that their odds are the most accurate odds out there but we you know again we don't really want the most accurate um but right now, they have Tommy Fleetwood with the same odds to win this golf tournament as Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, um, better than Hideki, same as, as Finau, uh, just slightly longer than Webb Simpson. And you're getting him at an $8,900 value on DraftKings. So they believe in the win equity of Tommy Fleetwood. I do too. So I'm going to go with Tommy there. Then I'm going to go down to Adam Scott. What can you say about Adam scott Uh been playing very solid lately, N- not not real high finishes. But I think in this event where par is your friend, I actually like that better for Adam Scott than a, than a birdie fest. But he checks every box, every single box. Um, and then it's a toss up for me, man. I don't know. I may have to actually, you know what? I would say because I think I think Scott may be a little more popular than these other two. So I'll take Scott as my cash play. If I were going to play cash lineup, I put Scott in cash. I am going to roll with the next two guys in tournaments. And one is Patrick Reed. Love Patrick Reed here. I, I mentioned that I was valuing strokes gain around the green, um, patience, you know, bogey avoidance, grinder. That is Patrick Reed. 85 hunch. I will take I'll take some Patrick Reed shares for sure. And then I'm going to go to another one that may be a little more popular this week, but that is Terrell Hatton. I haven't really been a big believer in Terrell Hatton so far in the restart. It's kind of burned me a little bit. He's played really well. Um, if you look at the non-starting strokes at Eastlake, he finished fifth, I believe. Uh, so played great at Eastlake. Checking all the boxes, putts well on Poa, another grinder, you know, kind of guy. Uh, a T21 and a T6 in his last two US Opens. For only $8,100, I think he also gives you win equity. So, I mean, the guy won Bay Hill. That's a tough tournament, strong field, uh, tough golf course. So, I'll roll with Terrell Hatton. And then my fade is Tiger. You know, we got to talk about Tiger. If it's a major championship week, we have to talk about Tiger. And I think this is an easy fade, honestly. It's it's similar to Bryson. It's kind of a cop-out fade. He's not played well. At all since the restart, he's not checking boxes. He's not scrambling well. He's making big numbers. Um, his irons are okay. His irons are okay, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't love Tiger here. He, de- he just he's not doing it for me. So 8,600. I'm out on Tiger. I would advise you to stay away from Tiger. And that same book that I'm talking about gives Tiger the same odds to win as they put him in the Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed category. So take that for what you will. But, I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, I, and I'm playing Patrick Reed, but um, they put him, you know, right right in that range. So that's it for me in the AK. Oh, people are going to be yelling at us about your ice and your Yeti, by the way. Thanks for that.
1: That's that's all they might as well hear in this range because you just basically named every effing player that I had written down. <laughs> so I don't have anything right. else to add. I don't. I have one. I have one to add. I mean, my GPP was Fleetwood and Hatton, and my cash was Scott. My fa- so I mean you had everything I had written down, which really pisses me off because I didn't think you'd go Fleetwood, mm. but whatever. So my fade's going to gonna be Jason Day at eighty eight hundred. I feel like I feel like we may have missed the. If you didn't play him back when he was hot, I think you missed the boat. Maybe I think you missed the boat because after the PGA Championship where he was T four, he had a miscut at the Northern Trust. He was sixty fourth at the BMW Championship. We know he's always got a little bit of an injury risk in there somewhere. And if he's hacking it out of the rough, which he's probably going to be doing a good amount this week, uh, he could hurt his back or do something or you know tweak an ankle or I, I don't know you just never know with Jason Day doesn't you know he's not very accurate off the tee does have decent distance and he's great around the greens we know that Jason Day is one of the best scramblers on the tour but his approach game right now isn't that great as well uh as far as the ball striking and everything else so I think that you know people might if if it, it, it will I, I'd like to see where ownership is today okay anyway Jason Day's my fade and everybody else. I'm with you. This, this this just drives me crazy.
0: Well, do you want to start at the seven K, or do you want me to do that? No, I can start the seven K. Okay. Maybe you'll steal my place. Let's see if that happens. I doubt this it. This is the nitty gritty right here. This is where big decisions have to be made here, Pat.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a lot of guys that I actually like it here, so I will start at the top with Paul Casey at 7,900. I like him this week. I think he is a good play, checks the box and approach. He's second. Sorry, looking. I was looking at it. He it does not check the box and strokes gained around the green. He has, he, he definitely has the distance. He's 24th in distance. He's 37th in fairways gained. He's third in the field in bogey avoidance. You know, he, he can be frustrating. He can definitely be frustrating as far as uh, his play but I don't think the ownership is going to be that huge on Paul Casey this week. I mean, it'll be, you know, maybe in that 10 to 15% range, which I'm okay with for tournaments. So I like Paul Casey at 7,900 and he's been in pretty good form. I mean, he had that second place finish at the Northern trust. You know, I think that was, that was important for him, you know, 23rd at the Wyndham T19 at the, uh, at the PGA championship. No, sorry. God, I'm looking at, I keep looking at the wrong guy. Sorry. He was, Second at the PGA Championship. Sorry.
0: Anyway, you know what? I should just go first in every range, and then let you just say, "Yeah, copy and paste." Yeah, and so, well,
1: what I'm getting mixed up with with Casey is my cash play, which is actually Harris English. Also, it's 7,900. So I'm looking like literally like right next to both of those guys. Harris English, we obviously know, is in great form as well. You know, he's he's a guy that's just consistent in his all get out, and you that's what you want for cash plays. Checking the box in approach, also around the green. He is second in the field in strokes gained around the green, so he is another guy I like in cash as Harris English. My other GPP play is going to be Mr. Matthew Wolf. Yes, it's seventy-seven hundred. Wow, I like some Wolf this week. I think that's going. That's that's you know going out there a little bit. Doesn't check the box in scrambling. But he's third in the field in ball striking, 16th in strokes gained approach. He's been great with his irons recently. eighth in driving distance, 41st in driving accuracy. So not only does he freaking bomb it off the tee, but he's actually fairly accurate when you think about it compared to the field. He's also – he is also – where is he right here? 11th in the field in bogey avoidance. I like some Matthew Wolf at 7,700. and I think his ownership is going to be super low. So. Hmm. There you go. Interesting. My fade is going to be Abraham Answer. It's 7,700. Ooh. Ooh. Look, I mean, the form fade, eh? hasn't been incredible lately. I think he's going to garner a, a, a decent amount of ownership. 79th in ball striking, 103rd in approach, 100th in strokes gained around the green, 92nd in driving distance. He is very accurate off the tee, and he does check the box in bogey avoidance. But I think answer could have could be set up for a bad week, and I think a lot of people might be on him uh, based off that price, and he's a good name right there. I'm gonna fade him. I think uh, I think he's a decent fade. So there you go.
0: He man, oh. he hits it so straight, dude. He hits it so straight. He does. I mean, he made the cut at, at three of the most difficult. I mean, he, nothing flashy, but he made the cut at three of the most difficult courses we've seen. All year, the BMW at Olympia Fields, the PGA at Harding Park, and then a fifty-eight, a fifty-eight at Memorial. When when Jack's place was was crazy, yeah. and on all three of those, he really wasn't. He was sucked with his irons, but he's just so accurate off the tee. Just doesn't he doesn't suck off the tee.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know. That's a, t- that's like a tough. That's week. Last GPP play, by the way. This is this is one I wanted to save to the end. Oh, I thought you already. Louis. I thought you already – No, I didn't. This is I gave two. Louis Oosthuizen, damn it, Pat, six. You've literally done what I just did to you in the 8K. You've done to me. Yeah, love some freaking Louis. I mean, his form is damn good. I mean, T25 at the BMW, T13 at the Northern Trust, T33 at the PGA Championship, T6 at the WGC. He is checking boxes. He's a great player for a U.S. Open-style golf course, especially a very difficult golf course like Wingfoot is. Great U.S. Open record. And his ownership is probably going to be low. I would would not expect. People just don't play Louie right now. I don't know. They don't. So he is actually my favorite tournament play in this 7K range. So there you go. Now I'll let you –
0: Wow. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, before I get into that, it it sure was nice seeing the teams back on the old gridiron today, Pat. I don't know if you watched any of the NFL. Um, Mm -hmm. But lucky for us, it was just just week one because the Falcons sucked. But there's no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. You pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game, quite like having shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions, that's with a B, of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash, brother. Down, I'm going to call some action right here, so everybody be ready. Uh, download the DraftKings app now and use code Junkies For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter code Junkies to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That is code Junkies only at DraftKings. Make it rain, baby. Uh, I guess Pat's gone to get a refill or his tiny old man bladder is letting him down and he has to go tinkle. So I will say... I gotta be honest with you. Now, if you're new, if you're new to the Tour Junkie show, we've done this for five years. And every show, without fail, we don't talk to each other about our picks ahead of time. We don't give any inclination as to who we like, who we don't like, what our stats are, none of that. And there are many shows where there's agreement, and there are some shows where there is a lot of disagreement. This apparently is a show where at least early on Sunday night, as we're recording this, there's some agreement. I had three names circled as my favorites. For some tournament GPP leverage in DFS, uh, as my favorites, not the only guys I like in the range, but as my favorites were Harris English, Paul Casey, and Louis Oosthuyzen. My favorite in this is Louis. I definitely agree with the Louis Oosthuyzen play. Uh, long hitter, straight hitter, incredible U.S. Open record. Go back and check it out, people. It's really freaking good. Okay, in good form right now. Um, I just, I just, I'm, I think Louis got a real shot here. Also like the Paul Casey play. I referenced that, uh, I referenced that sports book, right? The, the one that, the one that I tend to believe has really solid odds. Uh, His odds are, are better than are are shorter with that book than some of the names in the 8k above him. And definitely uh, a lot of the names in the 7k with him. Um, So I, I believe in the Paul Casey play. And then, I think Harris English, too. I mean, I, I, I totally agree, Pat. I can't – I cannot believe I did it to you in the 8K and you did it to me in the 7K. So, let me just toss out – those are my three favorites. So, I want to lock that in. Those are my three favorites. Louie, Casey, English. The honorable mentions that I guess I'll mention because I don't want to give the people – I want to give the people a couple more picks. Uh, I'm going to get on Billy Horschel. I'm disappointed in how he played Eastlake. I am disappointed in in what he did there. I thought he was going to play better at Eastlake. He did not. Um, But, you know, made four out of his last five cuts at the U.S. Open with two top 25s, two T32s. That's pretty solid. He's going to be low-owned, $7,500, and he just does everything pretty good, pretty pretty okay, is kind of what he does. So, I I think – I think Billy's interesting and I don't know. I, I kind of, a part of me is looking at Martin Keimer. Um, part of me is looking at Martin Keimer. Okay. He is. So one thing I want to reference this week is uh, people have probably heard of data golf, right? Data golf is a, a very interesting website. It gives you some good data on golf. And they have, so they have this tool that shows you the world golf rankings, right? And then they have the tool that shows their rankings and the difference between the two. And they, they, they rank based on a lot of things. Martin Keimer is one of those players that they have ranked drastically better than the world golf ranking that is, that is spitting out right now. Now, Martin Keimer has been playing actually pretty, pretty good lately. Um, if you've been paying attention, he's been playing good on the European Tour. Um, and he popped a little bit at the PGA, I believe it was on the European tour for the 2020 season. He's number one in strokes gained approach. He's a great combination of distance and accuracy. And as I've said before, we all know his biceps will be glistening in the sun, uh, by, you know, by, by the afternoon, which will be a lot of fun to watch. So I kind of have an eye out on Martin Keimer if he remains kind of this low owned play. He's obviously got major championship pedigree. He's a major championship winner. He's won the Players Championship. You know, he's he's a he's a pretty solid name out there. Um, so those would be a couple other names. Pat. Now we are into the six K range. I will let you go. Uh, give me your favorites, and then I will give you my favorites, and then I'm going to talk through some of these other European Tour players that I know people are going to be asking us about, and I know you're going to hear people talk about. But I want to give you some context for some of these new names, new faces that we're seeing here in the field for the U.S. Open. So I'll let you start. All right. Well, I'll start at the top up here um,
1: with a guy that I think is just a good U.S. Open-style player. We've seen him play well recently, and that is Chez Reavy at 6,900. I think he's a good play this week. Now, obviously, oh, he's, yeah. he's not extremely long off the tee. But he was like really very a safe
0: way this week too.
1: He did. I think he's top five right now, right? Or uh, yeah, he's, he's, second,
0: he's tied for third. Second
1: in the field in driving accuracy. Fourteenth. You got to be freaking kidding me. Like, <laughs> Stuart Sink. Hey, good week for Georgia Tech, by the way. They beat Florida State. You know they're having they're just having a great week. Yeah, you know, Sink is a Pat. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Chez Reavy, 14th in bogey avoidance. He is seventh in the field in strokes gained approach, 21st in ball striking. I like him at 6,900. Then I'll drop down to – I'm going to have more. Actually, you, you talked about how much you like the 6K range. I'm going to have more than I usually have. Hmm. You, you talked about this last week that I don't have a ton of guys that I take down here. Well, I'm kind of uh, – I'm doubling that this week. I'm going to have a lot more. Let's go crazy. And I Let's like Lonto Griffin at 6,500. I think he's a good play as well. He's been playing really well recently. Um, you check the stats on Lonto. Let me get to him here real quick. It's 6,500. 33rd in the field in ball striking, 15th in strokes gained approach. You know, not a long guy off the tee at all um but he is a decent scrambler and i just like his form so at 6500 i think he is a good play sebastian munoz at 6600 is another good guy a good play that i this week. he's he's very hot right now and he's doing it with his irons he's doing it with his you know ball striking he's a great scrambler he's you know when you talk about a a 6600 guy He's 45th in the field in driving accuracy. That's not that bad. And 33rd in the field in bogey avoidance. I think he is a good play down there at 6,600. Next guy that I will mention is – if I could read my writing. And I can't. So you go next because I can't read. read.
0: You know this is a U.S. Open show, right? Like this is supposed to be kind of a big deal. Like what are you doing? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, I just realized I also didn't give you my fade for the seven K range. Uh, See, you know, Gary. you know, this is a U.S. Open show, DB. Well, I mean, and I figured f- it out. You didn't even catch it. <laughs> you didn't even know. Um, but my fade would be Gary Woodland, defending U.S. Open champion, has been in not great form if you if you look since the restart. Traditionally, not a great scrambler historically, and both and now in the short term, not a great scrambler. He is a good kind of par maker, grinder, bogey avoider, sure, um, but just not great lately and not great long-term, especially scrambling, don't believe it, not buying it. And then my cash play for the record I had written down is Louis Eustazen. So I, I realized I forgot all that stuff. So I remembered who
1: my other my other play here. Who's that? And that is, I'm going to say the name wrong, but Matthias Schwab. Matthias Schwab. I think that's right. Schwab at 6,500. I think he's a good play this week. You know, he's, he's uh, checking the box in.
0: What is he? Good
1: Lord. Ball striking this is approach. Great. Strokes gained around the green. Bogey avoidance. I like some Schwab at 6,500. One of those Euro tour guys, you mentioned you have several down here that you like. I think he could be someone that makes a little bit of noise this week. Very cheap at 6,500. So he will be, my last 6K guy that I'll get.
0: Well, he's, yeah, he's a Euro Tour guy. He's been playing a lot on the PJ Tour here lately. By the way, thank, shout out to Marcus Miklovich for f- helping me self-discover that all along I've been confusing Chris Baker and Christian Behusenut. Um, I figured that out. So I'm sorry for misleading the people last week and weeks prior talking about Chris Baker being a Euro. He's not a Euro. He's literally from like freaking Indiana. So... <laughs> um my bad there my bad. That's that that was on me okay that on me, folks that was on me I'm, I'm sorry just let me just let me knock that out real quick um hey i gotta remind the people though before i get into the 6k my, my picture is 6k the nut hut if you've not joined the nut hut and you're like what the hell is the nut hut on tourjunkies.com that is our private member only chat room we do we do a, a member only youtube video um That is where we take our caddy inside information, our PGA Tour coach inside information, and we put it up there on Tuesday or Wednesday before the golf tournament, uh, where just last week, we had insight on two players that were both 9K and above, big-name players for the Safeway Open. They were both 9K and above. We gave you inside info. One of them trunk slammed, and one of them finished 52nd. I'll let you figure out who they were. Uh, But that was pretty good information, right? um pat chose to ignore one of the pieces of information and just tanked himself like an idiot but uh he it is what it is uh, you also um, didn't like
1: uh my fgs pop the court play of the week which was mr kevin strillman pretty sure you were anti-strillman in the nut hut and he finished yeah. in the top five
0: yeah good job uh anyway I'm, I'm talking about the nut hut right now pat why are you just why are you distracting the people from the nut hut the people need to go to the nut hut and subscribe because what i'm talking about is only ten dollars a month Literally ten dollars a month. That's it. Ten dollars a month for so like two fifty a week. We we do a freaking there's a there's fifty golf tournaments coming up in the next fifty-two weeks. Okay. So for that little amount of money, you have the potential of of having a week where or two weeks or three weeks where we give you some really valuable inside information that will help you pivot or not make a mistake or do something different. Um, and you get to chat with me and Pat and Ben every Wednesday night. Um, about last-minute lineup decision, decisions, sports betting stuff, questions, whatever. Uh, and there's a ton of sharp people in the Nut Hut. A lot of sharp members. In fact, since the restart, Nut Hut members have won three million dollars since June 8th. It is September. What is it? 13th, right now. Since June 8th, Nut Hut members have won three million dollars in DFS. That's huge for only ten dollars a month. Or $90 a year. Go to tourjunkies.com, join the Nut Hut, come hang out with us, with Ben, with fellow Nut Hut members. And starting this week, we will have a brand new Nut Hut Listener League, right? Where there are going to be many ways throughout the year for you to get a chance to win a trip next fall to come meet me and Pat and play golf with us at either Pat's home course at the Landings in Savannah, Georgia, or my home course in Augusta at Champions Retreat gonna be a great time congratulations to marcus griffin the 2019 2020 winner of the nut hut listener league marcus will be hosting you at one of those places i would assume you're probably gonna pick augusta um, because i think you've already played with pat before at some point so you're probably not gonna want to play with him again but congratulations to you anyway there's gonna be a lot of different ways to win so sign up for the nut hut tonight today if you're driving in your car pull over and sign up it's ten dollars a month all right uh, and we have a lot of fun. We laugh. It's, it's very zany in the nut hut. I think that's the best word to describe. it. It's just a zany place. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And you get 20% off on anything you buy for the lifetime of your membership from the tourjunkies.com shop. 20% off anything. That's pretty good.
1: And hopefully coming up here shortly, we're going to have some good stuff in there for the masters. So
0: we'll see. Working on that's some masters little right now. Oh, I just yeah. spit out some ice. Okay. Let's talk 6K for DB. Um, All right, I'm going to start right at the top. I want a guy who's going to make a cut, who probably doesn't give me win equity, but I think he gives me top 10 equity, and that's Kevin Na. Mm -hmm. $6,800. Finished seventh at the U.S. Open, finished 12th at the U.S. Open over the last five years. Definitely an accurate player. Tends to be a grinder, patient player. Um, Also frustrating player, but I think Kevin Na is worth a look in tournament play. So I'll go with Kevin. Nye. I'm okay. going to skip some of my Euro guys for now. Um, I tell you what, after the, the performance at the Safeway, your boy Kevin Strillman is popping. He's accurate for sure. Uh, so some somebody to pay attention to, somebody to look at. Um, you mentioned Sebastian Munoz, man. I mean, the guy is playing really, really well right now. And he's checking a lot of boxes. Doesn't have a whole lot of U.S. Open history. One, one U.S. Open, one miscut. But he is checking some boxes. Pay attention to Sebastian Munoz at $6,600. He's a longer, you know, he's kind of long. And lately, at least, he's been hitting straight. Uh, scrambling really well, avoiding big numbers. Um, you know, so Seb- Sebastian Munoz, I mean, he, f- he finished, uh, I think he was, yeah, he was top T-8, 10. Top, top, yeah, top 10, 10, 10 in the, of the last Tour two Eighth at the BMW, which is a really tough course. He did miss the cut of the PGA. I don't know. He's something somebody I'm going to look a little more. Into I think is Sebastian Munoz. Is I mean here I come again. I mean Ryan Palmer like he he doesn't he doesn't hit the ball very straight. I don't know probably not. Uh, I'm probably talking myself out of Ryan Palmer. Matthias Schwab is a guy that I had written down. He has definitely been uh, playing playing well on the PGA Tour since he kind of started this year. Um, didn't do great at Memorial or the PGA. Two tough golf courses, but he did finish 32nd at 3m 42nd at the Wyndham 42nd at the WGC seems like a cut maker doesn't get himself into a lot of trouble somebody that you know I may be may have some interest in uh, and then Christian Besenhoot, I the not Chris Baker is somebody that I am <laughs> also interested in so I mentioned data golf and I mentioned how they have the world golf rankings uh Christian Besenhoot is a guy that that uh is interesting. He is much higher ranked. Let me find where he is. Okay, Cebes. I like to call him Cebes, so I don't have to pronounce his name. Okay, Cebes is. Let's see. Um, where? Where is he? Where is he? Okay, Cebes in Data Golf. Let's see. There's a big discrepancy here. Okay, he's 52nd officially in the world golf ranking. Data Golf has him at 35th, and he's playing pretty well right now on the PGA Tour. He's he's not doing too bad. He's an accurate player off the tee. Uh, I think C-Bez is an interesting look at six thousand five hundred. Um, I I totally agree with your Shez Revi play. I think Chez is going to be pretty popular, but I do like I do like where he's at. Accurate, playing well. Like I said, just just finished third at the uh, at the Safeway, but I think he is going to be rather chalky for sure. Now Corey Connors, great tee to green. Maybe we can get a little inside info on him come Wednesday night in the nut hut and the, how he's putting. I talked about this place tends to level the playing field with bad putters. And that's his thing. He's a horrible putter. I mean, we found out at the PGA, we put this in the nut hut. Actually, this was on the nut hut inside information that Corey Connors was, uh, was trying out all these different putting styles, like the week of the PGA, he was so lost and he missed the cut. So we know he's not a great putter. But if this po if these polar greens could possibly neutralize that, he's a tremendous ball striker. So Corey's interesting, maybe a pivot from a guy like Chesrivi, who I do think is going to be popular. But um, all right, that's that. Let's talk about some of these euros, Pat. Do you have any euros by the way that kind of stand out to you? You have a question about? Maybe I maybe I'll have. Maybe you could be you could be the listener. You could be the guy who's like, hey, what about this guy? You know. So as you're scrolling through, and and there well, maybe. There's some that I'm not that I'm ignoring, but there are a handful that I'm not. I mean, I mentioned
1: Schwab, who I think is is a decent. Is obviously he's a yeah. Euro. I think people always look at Thomas Peters because he's one of those guys okay. that popped a few years ago. I think that's one that is interesting to me. Let's
0: talk about um, Thomas Peters.
1: You tell me a little bit. bit of, you know, tell me, give me some more about Thomas Peters. Maybe, maybe why Mike should play him. Now he doesn't have a great U.S. Open record. He's missed the cut, you know, both times he's played in 2017 and 2019. Um, but yeah. he's an interesting name to me.
0: So I'll put him out there. And then the other yeah. one that I thought. Oh, no, no, no. Let, let's, let's stop and talk about Peters real quick. I want to talk okay. about him. Um, all right. So Thomas Peters uh, is one that I am recommending that people f- play. I am recommending people play Thomas Peters. I, I like Thomas Peters here. Let me tell you why. If you look on the European tour right now, Thomas Peters, eighth in driving distance. We've always known Peters is a, Peters is a bomber. Okay. We've all, we've always known that uh, eighth in driving distance. He is second in strokes gained approach. He is uh, 21st in strokes gained around the green. That's all pretty good. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, while being eighth in distance, he's 61st in driving accuracy, which doesn't sound sexy. But out of 140 players, he's in the top, what is that, like top 40% of, of players on the European Tour in accuracy and one of the top longest players on tour. Andy plays well with his irons. Andy scrambles his dick off pretty good. Uh, he finished 15th at his last event, third the event before that, 21st the event before that. We just haven't seen a lot of him. He's a Ryder Cup player. Thomas Peters is a big is a big player, like a big quality name out of Europe that hits it a long way. We've seen him in the past to be kind of a hothead. I think I believe if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Maybe someone on the YouTube can correct me. I think he's had a child lately. Maybe that's kind of like leveled him out a little bit. Uh, but I think Thomas Peters is one of the Euros that I would say, yeah. I think, I think let's have, if you like a little sprinkle of Thomas Peters, I think you sprinkle a little Thomas Peters. Okay. What's another one? Why don't you throw out another one, Pat?
1: Another one. I'm going to go a little bit lower on you here. And,
0: um, at 6,300, Justin Harding, Justin Harding is a big fat fade for me. He has sucked okay. on the web.com or corn fairy tour lately. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, yeah, just a, just a fade for me. He's a longer hitter, fine. He's done okay on some PJ Tour events. I'm going to say no on Justin Harding. Lately, the form is not great.
1: Okay. Uh, another guy. Let's see here. Um, I'm going to ask you about fun
0: game, fun Andy game. Sullivan. I'm glad you asked me about Andy Sullivan, Pat. Uh, I am going to recommend that people Maybe play Andy Sullivan. Okay. Uh, here's what Andy here here's where we are with Andy Sullivan. All right. He just won a European tour event just a handful of weeks ago, like four weeks ago. Here are his last five events on the European Tour. 41st win, 47th, 9th miss cut. Pretty good form. Like that's that's solid form on, I'll on take the European it. tour. Andy Sullivan has played in major tournaments throughout the years. He's been a good player for a while. Okay confirmed on YouTube, Marcus Peters, uh, Thomas Peters, did have a – Marcus Miklovich confirmed that Thomas Peters had a little girl in July. See, I was right. Uh, Strokes gain home life. He checks the box. Back to Andy Sullivan. If you look at his European tour record uh, or or statistics, 51st in distance, 82nd in accuracy. Okay? So just kind of that middle – that kind of middle guy, right? He's probably like a – who would we compare him to on the PJ Tour? We'd probably compare him to like a – Shit. Um, like a Billy Horschel. He's like a Billy Horschel. He's like pretty accurate, okay distance. Actually, he's probably worse than a Billy Horschel. Anyway, he's not bad. Third in strokes gained approach on the European tour and top 50% in strokes gained around the green. Not a bad scrambler, but he's got experience. That's what I kind of like about, about Andy Sullivan. Is he's, he's, he's got major championship experience, and I think he could be – I think he could be a guy that you know does okay he finished 23rd at his last us open so not too shabby for 6300 all right ask me another one okay
1: lucas herbert
0: hair herbert i have nothing on him ask me another one. okay
1: all
0: right um <laughs> eddie peperil i just said nope, nothing on nothing on eddie peperil
1: Okay, how about this one? This was a good one for you because I've seen him. I just feel like he's popped somewhere on Twitter or whatever, but Connor Seam signed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything on young, him? Good young player. Uh, he's been really hot on the European tour right now. So, yeah, if you look at his game log on DraftKings, uh, he's <laughs> finished eighth, eighth, third, and 19th his last four events. Uh, not too shabby. Let me see what. Uh, actually, I didn't look at where his. Um, let me tell you his data golf world ranking. All right, world ranking official world ranking is 205. Data golf has him at 161. Obviously, a, you know they they think they're higher on him than the world golf ranking. However, knowing what I know about some of the other players in here and where data golf would rank them, I would probably say he's a fade. All right, I'm going to mention the guy real quick who's
1: not European, but I think worth mentioning because we're from Augusta. We got to mention Grayson Sig at 6100, who has been lighting it up on the Corn Ferry Tour lately. Uh, I don't know if – I mean, I think if if you play him, it's just because you want to and it's a little bit of a flyer play and he's cheap as hell, but he is in great form. I think Grayson Sig could be a guy that you could throw in, throw in a lineup in a tournament, and he might pop. You never know with the U.S. Open. I mean, we get some crazy some crazy guys that make the cut and have it, give it a run at the U.S. Open. I mean, hell. If
0: it, yeah, we do. If it were me, I'd rather play Will Zalatoris at 66. You know, I would. I, I agree as, with that. As good as Grayson Sig's been on the Corn Ferry Tour, Will Zalatoris has been amazing. Has been unbelievable. In, uh, in fact, Datagolf has Zalatoris as the 42nd ranked player in the world. That is tremendous. He just finished runner up today at another. Oh, he or, is or no. amazing. Yeah, runner up today at another Corn Ferry event. Yeah. Zalatoris, I think, is worth hitting over on the sportsbook side. I think he's worth a top 20 or top 10 bet. I agree. With um, you. All right, let me let me not delay this any further and talk about a couple more uh, European Tour players. One is Erasmus. Holgard. Rasmus Holgard. My goodness. Or okay. whatever. He is at sixty eight hundred dollars. Okay. Here are Rasmus's most recent finishes. You ready for this? Second, sixth, third, win, thirty-first on the European tour. AKA pretty, pretty good. Um bookmaker. Uh, yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let me talk about this. In terms of his stats, in terms of his stats on the European Tour, he is fifth in driving distance. hits it a long way, young kid. Sixty-third in driving accuracy, so top 40% in accuracy. And number five in distance, pretty solid. Um, He is 13th in strokes gained approach and 71st in strokes gained around the green. I'm pretty sure this is Rasmus's first major, which is obviously pretty big. But if you're going to play, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, this is a big boy tournament. This is big for the young fella. He's 6,800 bucks. But I think in a large GPP, you don't get crazy. He's going to be like 3% owned or less. If you, if you're playing mass entry on, on draft Kings or FanDuel or something, it, he might be worth a sprinkle. That's all I'm saying. Cause he is a, he is a very talented young player and he is hot. He is in hot form right now. So I think he has upside to finish top twenty. I think that's legitimately his upside. So and Hogard is uh yeah, he's a, he's a young, young boy. So all right. Uh and then the I'm gonna give you another one. Um, uh, where is he? Let me make sure I pronounce his name right. Romaine. Romaine lettuce. I love Romaine lettuce. It's actually, my favorite type of lettuce. If I had to pick any any lettuces, it would be Romaine. I would actually Rom- agree with that. I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, Romaine uh Lang, 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 Langask, Langask, I guess, is who he is. Uh, his recent finishes on the European tour go like this, 57th, 26th, win, miscut, and a 17th, 37th in driving distance, 48th in driving accuracy, so a great total driving kind of guy, 26th in approach, 87th in around the green play, not as great of a scrambler, but uh, Romaine is an interesting lettuce and option for uh for this for this week now a a big name that has been playing really well in the european tour is sam horsefield and i like sam horsefield uh i like his name but i think i'm a fade on sam you know he's definitely a long hitter not as i think i'd rather play rasmus he's he's as long as rasmus is as long as him but he's more accurate based on european tour stats uh so i think i'll 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 avoid uh i'll avoid horsefield and Rasmus has a better strokes skiing approach number as well. So there you go. A few of the European tour names I think all the people will be asking us about, and I wanted to get ahead of it. So there you go. Wow.
1: I never th- thought we would spend that much time on the Euro guys. and. It's the, the, the U.S. K Open, range.
0: and people are going to ask us. I think it's valuable yeah. information. They can skip forward okay. if they don't like it. Um, Pat, let's get into the sports book section of tonight. We're only talking outright because we're recording this on Sunday night. We can't really find a whole lot of matchups, top 10s, top 20s. So we're going to give a first look at some of the outrights here tonight. But you're going to want to make sure you catch us on tourjunkies.com. Look at the blog, DB's Big Balls betting card coming out on Tuesday at the latest. Um, And then as well in the Nut Hut member chat over on tourjunkies.com will help you with our final betting options and our betting card come Wednesday night and how that will look. But there are some very good lines to look through. And I just want to kind of look through them together, Pat. I just want to look through them together as a a family. Those Mm -hmm. watching on YouTube Live, me and you, let's just talk through them. I have PointsBet pulled up. Uh, PointsBet, new book um, out of – yeah, uh, based out of Australia, mate. You know I love the Aussies. So they came over here in the U.S. They set up shop. Now here they are. So uh, we got PointsBet that is legal in a bunch of states. If, if you can bet in, in them, you need to do that. Promo code TJ250 gets you a bonus. TJ250, that would be nice if you use that. We're going to look at points bet and, uh, and DraftKings Sportsbook, which I got to say, uh, there's some definite discrepancies in some of these numbers. So if you are in one of those states where it's legal to bet in one of these books, you need to have a deposit in both and kind of play, play, the, play the game here yeah pat, i I'm know actually, you took a what's that i've
1: actually done the same i have i have you know i've looked at DraftKings sportsbook i've looked at points but the numbers i'm going to give you are in you know are are better on one side versus Ooh, the other you're so prepared we'll i
0: love it i love a prepared pat that's my favorite prepared pat's my favorite i don't yeah. see him often hey pat hey, yeah. prepared pat for the hey. sportsbook section hi hey uh you took a break a minute ago to go refill i think yes i did okay i need to go refill. And I okay. So you want me to start here? Be good. I want you to start, and I. But I, I kind of hate to walk away because I, I do want to pay some attention to this, uh, the sportsbook section. Um, well, I mean, I can recap you when you come back if you need me to. But well, um, I'll, I'll, okay, you go ahead. Okay, so
1: here's where I want to start. Now, everybody knows that you, DB likes to take the long shots. But I feel like this week is one of those weeks where you just can't get too crazy with the long shots. I mean, I don't have anything. I think 125 to one is literally the longest shot bet that I have this week. Because as you talked about earlier, DB, really, you see US Open winners come out of the top 30 in the world. And that means they are not going to be you know, any more than like 50 to one or something like that, as far as where their odds are. So I have a lot more bets in that range than I do, you know, in the longer range. And I'll start with Xander Schauffele and you look at points bet. He is at 22 to one. I think that is a great number for him. He's like 14 to one, I believe. Let me go back to the DK sports book. Cause I think he's I'm okay. I just one. fell
0: up the stairs, but I'm okay.
1: Okay. Good job. Um, just walk steadily, DB, as you go down the stairs. But Xander's fourteen to one on the DK sports book, but he's twenty to one on points bet. So that is a very good number for him. I like that as well. Also, Webb Simpson is at twenty-eight to one on points bet versus twenty to one on DraftKings. So I think that's another good number to look at it on points bet. Louis Oostheisen, Hazen, Heizen, who was a guy that have we both liked. Have you
0: ever stirred a drink? With a Lego? No, but that's resourceful, huh?
1: That's very resourceful.
0: That's um here.
1: so so far, DB, I've mentioned Xander Shoffley at twenty to one, twenty-two to one on points bet, which is a much better number than DK. And then Webb Simpson at twenty-eight to one, and then Louis Ussazen at sixty-six to one on points bet, Oof. I think is another good oh, number I love that as well. Louis and then um longer shot. Bitt, I
0: just want it all over myself. I want to just yeah. Put it all over me. Well, my – okay. All right. Hey, you,
1: you've just given him the Lego tip. Let's stop rubbing yourself with oil and crap. But, anyway, the longest bet I do have is Billy Horschel on points bet at 125-1. to one. I think that's a good number. But switching over to DraftKings Sportsbook, let's look at that. That, actually, you're going to get a much better number on Tommy Fleetwood, who is at 40-1 to one on the DraftKings Ooh, like Sportsbook where he's twenty eight to one at points bet. So I think that's a good number for mm-hmm. him. Terrell Hatton, 50 to 1. Pick your pick your poison. Pick your best whatever you want to bet on. He's the same number on DK Sportsbook as he is on Points Bet at 50 to
0: 1. So there you go. Those are Ooh, my okay. outrights. There you go. Pat, I would like to kind of just kind of vibe off of your outrights if you don't mind. Um mm-hmm. okay you had <clears throat> all right So we talked about this in the DFS section that we have another sports book that we kind of, that will go unnamed, that we consider a very accurate golf handicapping sports book, but we don't like betting over there because they're too accurate. We want them. We want the numbers that are not accurate on the long side, longer side of the sports book spectrum. So I want to reference some of these to that unnamed, very accurate book. One of them you mentioned, Xander Schauffele, who's fourteen to one on DK, uh, what is he? Twenty-two to one on Points Bet, is that right? Yeah, twenty-two to one on Points. Twenty-two bet. to one on Points Bet. Our accurate book has him at fourteen to one, where DraftKings has him. So clearly a value on Points Bet for Xander. Um, all right, so dropping down, you mentioned uh, what was another one that was very sexy. Webb well, at twenty-eight Hatton. to one. No, I don't like the web bet. Uh, I mean, I, it's okay, Usti at 66 to one on Usti. God, I love that 66 to one on points bet. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't okay. Well, I guess if I'm being partial here, if I got to be partial, uh, the, the unnamed accurate sports book has Usti at 81 to one, so F them, they got wow, that wrong. Okay, I, I love, like that. Then. Me and you both love Louie, so yeah, we love Louie this week. What is he on? Uh, Okay, well he's 66 to 1 on both DraftKings and PointsBet. What about Hatton? You mentioned Hatton. He's 50 to 1 on both as well. Mhm. 50 okay, to one on So, both. so a little bit of value there. The unnamed accurate sports book has Hatton at 41 to 1. So, okay. All right, Fleetwood was the other really good one. You said uh, Fleetwood on DK Sportsbook he's, was 40 to 1. 41, but 28 to 1. 28 20 to 1 point. Jeez. Well, uh the unnamed accurate sportsbook has Tommy at thirty-one to one. So grab that value on DK Sportsbook while you can, folks, because it may it may drop. It may drop. What were the other names that you said? Is that it? I had Billy horsell at one twenty five really? to one
1: on Points Bet where he is, I believe hundred to one on DK. I think he's a hundred well, to one on DK.
0: He is. So actually, both appear to be a value um, because, and obviously, you want the 125 to 1 on points bet, but the unnamed accurate sports book has Billy at 81 to 1 instead of uh, the 100 to 1 on DK and 125 to 1 on points bet. So they they, they seem to like Billy Ho. Billy Ho and Louie, the same odds there from that book. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but um, they didn't ask me. All right, so I definitely love your Fleetwood play at uh, at forty to one on DK. I will also back your Xander Shaflay twenty two to one. That's as short as I'm going. I mean, you guys know me. I I don't I'm I'm a I let my nuts hang when it comes to golf betting. So we're gonna do that. I'm not gonna have a whole lot of twenty two to one Xander Shaflays. But if I were gonna go a little shorter and I was a I wanted to be a you know what then I would do that. Uh, I'll would, I would play Xander Shoffley. but the forty to one Fleetwood is very attractive. Uh, I will, I will definitely take that. <laughs> the world point Fett has Tiger at sixteen to one. Good
1: God! Okay, this is where, <laughs> and he's twenty eight to one on like. I don't understand. Like we haven't seen him even contend in a major. And he's
0: forty six to one on unnamed accurate sportsbook. Forty six mm-hmm. to one.
1: This is where you see the the trap. People like to bet on Tiger, obviously. <laughs> so
0: okay. There's, I guess I guess this is why I'm not a, I'm not a uh, I'm not a handicapper or an, uh, uh, an Ozmaker maker because I'm thinking if I set the line at sixteen to one on Tiger, I'm not going to get any action. But like, I would want a little action on Tiger. I would want a lot of action on Tiger. A lot of that public action on Tiger, and knowing that he is he should be is real odds should be well longer than 16 to one why not set the number back a little bit get all your action i I don't understand that That, that's all i think they're actually
1: they're actually if you think about i looked at this earlier in the week because the us open odds have been out for a while they must be getting action on tiger woods because his odds have shortened so they're obviously getting the they're getting the money coming in but yeah I so
0: i guess they're maybe they're limiting their their exposure their risk a little bit i mean obviously yeah. we, we all need to understand the sports book numbers are not true in odds to win i mean they're they're trying to they're, they're trying to make money so yeah, it is exactly. definitely well, dependent yeah. upon money coming in and out but um okay let me let me look at some other names here let's see uh what's uh i kind of like adam scott Adam Scott's 40 to one. Now here's the thing about this whole week in general, because the way wing foot is setting up, we went over that in the course breakdown because of the way wing foot is setting up, because of the way U S opens are trying to, to, to play. And, and from what we've heard of the USGA, this play, place playing extremely difficult par is your friend. I, I think the cream is going to rise to the top, right? It, 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 this, this is not a fun week for, for me, King, King Dingling. Let my nuts hang, bet big numbers because it's golf and it's highly variable. Okay, not a, not a fun week for me. This past week at the Safeway, very fun week for me because Stuart crazy, Sink. Because you should have had what Stuart was Stuart Sink's Sink? Week? He was probably 200 to 1. Yeah, I bet he was longer than that. But I had 100 to 1, Harry Higgs, who finished runner up. But that's what I love to do. I, lo- I love I those events where it's a birdie fest and it brings in anybody. These events are opposite. So for me, I have to really talk myself into not getting too far out there. So I'm going to live – I'm probably going to live in this like 40 to 90 to 1 range. And, and I think Adam Scott, Tommy Fleetwood, who you mentioned, uh, both at 40 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook and both shorter on points PointsBet, uh, I like those numbers a lot. Um, yeah, I like this number a lot going further down. I love the Louie number. I mean, 66, when is 66? Yeah. 66 to one on both books. I will definitely have him locked and loaded for sure. Getting a little longer. I mean, let's see here. 125, you know, I told you we're doing this kind of first look thing. Um, Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't I don't hate your Billy Ho number. What was it? 101,
1: 125 to 1.
0: 125 on points bet. 125 on points bet. I don't I don't hate that. That's a, that's a decent number That's getting that's getting out there. I I tell you, I mean even though he's not checking a lot of boxes, it's tough for me to not have like a little bit of a like a quarter unit on Abe answer at eighty to one. That's just tough for me to to give up. Um, Kiz at eighty to one. What's he on points bet? Uh, let's see. Well, where is he? Oh, he's one dude. Kisner is one fifty to one on points bet and eighty to one on DK. My goodness, holy sh. Nike's. Let's see where he is on unnamed, accurate sportsbook. I just now noticed that he's eighty-six to one. Point, on that points, but must
1: be factoring in like thinking there's going to be fans <laughs> out there at the U.S. Open. <laughs>
0: <laughs> points, best factoring in uh really dumb tweets is what they're yeah. factoring in. <laughs> uh, However, I I would if I were in a legal state, I would be jumping on that like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a bad number. I mean, Kiz is accurate off the tee, great, and he's in good form, good putter in good form. That is a great number. Um, wow, that's shocking. Just stumbled on a little piece of piece of piece of gold right there, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, you know, so for me, it's like Fleetwood. Oh, Hatton, I do like the Hatton play for me. It's like Fleetwood, Scott, Hatton. Um, was Hatton a sports book? I mean, a uh, points bet or DK? Hatton's 51. Uh, they're to one they're the both the same. So Fleetwood, Scott, Hatton are all the same. So 40 to 1, 50 to 1, 40 to 1 for Fleetwood and Scott, 51 for Hatton. 66 to 1 for Louis is the same on both. Love that. Kisner on points bet for sure, 150 to 1. I mean, even if you hate the guy right now, you got to throw something down on that. That's too good. And then Billy Ho at 125. Yeah, that's probably about it for me. I'm not going to stretch it. I, I do think, I do think a long a longer number in the top 10, top 20 market when it comes out is going to be Will Zalatoris, the Web.com stud right now, who Data Golf would say is the 46th best player in the world. Um, no, sorry, 42nd best player in the world. I think Zalatoris is worth a look in that top 10, top 20 market. Other than that, you know, we'll have to check and see when all the number when all the when all the bets come out. So check us out on, on tourjunkies.com for that. Anything else to add to the sportsbook stuff, Pat? We ready to have a little bit of fun before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I think that's a not that we haven't been having fun. I mean, this has been so much fun, Pat. You having fun? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> uh good. All right. Uh final segment of tonight's podcast, the chunk and run, which is uh viewer questions, where you submit a golf related question and a non golf related question. It could be about literally anything. And we answered those questions. And maybe you care and maybe you don't. And this is the part where you get rid of the podcast and you turn it off, which is fine. Um, you can go ahead and do that because we don't have any more ad reads. So you're good. Uh, the Nut Hut, uh, the chunk and run tonight uh, comes from listener Christopher. Donaldson who sent these questions in a long time ago. This is why you got to even you, you got to keep the faith people. If you send them in and we we add them to the list and we don't we don't ask them of ourselves right away, that doesn't mean they're not coming in. So Christopher Donaldson, this is your moment of glory, but maybe you've already stopped listening to us by now cuz you can't stand us now. Um but here, here you are. This is your clean of fame. You you got the hut question. I mean, the, god, why don't I keep saying that? The chunk and run questions for the US Open podcast, which is a big deal. All right, Pat, let's have a little fun with this. Here we go. Ready for this one? What PGA Tour golfer would you allow to hook up with your wife if you could play two rounds of golf with them at any course? If so, what course, what golfer, and why? Who would you pick, Pat? Now, you know, obviously, we would not want anyone to hook up with our wives other than us. I thoroughly enjoy hooking up with my wife. But hypothetically, if I had to do this, I came up with an answer i'm gonna i'm gonna okay
1: this is a weird question so it's so let me just get this right so it's the pga golfer that you would let bang your wife but then you play two rounds with them on any course and if so which golfer and what did you why did you choose them?
0: what course yeah okay yeah
1: yeah here's what i'm gonna go with this is a weird answer this is actually a guy that i faded Today. Hmm. Jason Day. Ooh, whoa. And
0: That's let me tell a you terrible what. decision. Let me, oh tell, you let me tell
1: you what. Jason
0: Day, are you insane? I got are a reason for in, it. Do you have any mirrors in your house, Pat? I don't know if you've looked in a mirror lately, but Jason Day. Jeez. Bold move. Here's Cotton. what's going here's what's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> Jason Day. Let's talk about the sex portion of it. They're gonna be getting, you know, ready to go, and he's gonna pull a penis muscle, and then all of a sudden, he pulls a penis muscle, and so it's not even gonna happen in the first place. So, oh, like man, immediately right off the you think bat, he's gonna withdraw from it. He's gonna withdraw from it, and it's not even gonna happen. So Jason Day just,
0: oh my god. So, so
1: that didn't happen, and then I'm still gonna get to play golf with him. And I'm going to play Royal Melbourne because that is one of the top courses in the world that I can't. I would love to play, so I think he's going to be able to hook me up there for sure. So that's why I'm going to choose Jason Day because I don't even think it's going to happen. He's pulling the penis muscle. He's withdrawing, and I get to play Royal Melbourne and on a fantastic golf course. And you know, it's it's and I get to go to Australia, which I love Australian people. I freaking love them. I mean, if you listen, like any of them out there, are just great people. I do too. They, I love Austin. They have great personalities, and I think yeah, I'd have. He'd wife, have like he's two gonna people run that, away with your wife. No, uh, he's not going to run away because he he couldn't follow through with what they were about to she do. She won't care. She won't care. Yeah. So there you go, Jason Day.
0: Dude, that is. I mean, I get the logic. Totally get the logic. I mean, it's probably a coin flip that actually happens, but still, the accent alone like that is, that is that's pretty insane it's a risky move it's, it's getting I mean, some you know rave I like to take some risks it's getting some rave reviews from the youtube audience and josh kistler says with that logic for db it's got to be kevin nah <laughs> <laughs> Except i wouldn't want to play golf with kevin nah i mean i wouldn't turn it down but I, it's not um, dude yeah with jason day's accent he's tall dark and handsome you are you are done you're done well, my broken, initial thought Broken was, dick or not,
1: you're done. You know, you, you kind of have to weigh a little bit about, like, like if you want to play with them, like you want to enjoy golf rounds with them or whatever. Yeah, 100%. And so, like, I thought about Bryson because I thought, like, Bryson would just oh. so suck so bad probably in, in bed that, like, it, it would just be – He'd overthink it.
0: He'd, he'd overthink
1: it. everything. And then yeah. by the end of it, my wife would be like, all right, this is ridiculous. <laughs> whatever. Like, you suck. There's nothing that, you know, obviously my husband is much better than you. Why would you um, want to
0: play golf with Bryson? Though? I have no interest in But that's
1: that what I'm saying. I wouldn't want to play golf Literally with Bryson. Not. I would other like than, to play golf.
0: Other than to, like, you know, obviously he'd outdrive me every hole, so I'd be hitting first, and maybe he'd be at his ball ahead of me, and I could, like, purposefully, like, somehow hit him with it and possibly, I don't know. I can't think of a reason to play with Bryson. Maybe Dave
1: would reciprocate too. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay. You might I don't know, I don't, <laughs> you get to play with him at Royal Melbourne if it's what does he get at what does he get from you? Like what does he get from you? He gets to go, he gets to go put on a tie and like look at some stocks with you or something? Like what is that? What does he get to do with you? Bring Jason Day to work day? I don't know. I don't really think um, it, I didn't get a you know, year turn. I kind of thought of two golfers but the same golf course. Um and I do like the Royal Melbourne call. That's very good. I would love to play Royal Melbourne for sure. A bucket list golf course. Yes. Um, but for me, it was, it was actually, it's actually the combination of player and course for me. If I think about players, I, I went, I went straight selfish DB first. All right. Who does DB want to play with? Who do I really bad want to play with? Cause I'd have to want to play with you really bad to allow this to happen. Right. This can't be freaking, you know, Joel Damon, right? Like, I love Joel. He'd be a lot of fun. We'd have a lot – it can't be Harry Hicks. I, we'd have a lot of fun. It can't be that. Because I really – there has to be like a historic reason for me to want to play with you. And to me, Phil Mickelson is that kind of player. Like, he's he's, he's an iconic Hall of Fame, incredible stories, hilarious, just – great player I would want to walk the fairways of Augusta National a course that I have gotten to play before and you have too um but I would like to walk the course with Phil and play it with Phil and for me that would be worth it now the advantage for me is Phil is getting up in age while he has taken care of himself lately he's not like some physical specimen he's you know my wife for years has made fun of Phil's man boobs and she still feels like when she closes her eyes and looks at Phil, she sees Phil with man boobs, even though I tell her all the time, like, babe, coffee for wellness. He doesn't have man boobs anymore. He's like in shape. He's good. She still closes her eyes and sees Phil with man boobs. So I I think she would not love it. And I would love it. So Phil is that the other one for me, that's like a, a close second is Rory. Same course Rory at Augusta. I'd love to walk Augusta with Rory. He's a little short, Irishman um, sure Rory's in good shape right now but like he's not a he's not a he's not some you know he's not Adam Scott you know you're not gonna let you're not gonna let Adam Scott do this or Jason Day but um, Rory you know little we we little Rory with his you, you know I don't I feel like that would be a safe one too it's got to be safe enough but very interesting for me on the on the back end of this deal so that's but I think Phil my number one so there you go were you even listening because you look like you're just not even listening
1: no i was listening it was great great stuff oh there. yeah
0: sure so fucking great all right uh last th- last thing before we get out of here tonight if you could eliminate one thing that other people's children do what would it be one thing other people's children do what would it be you Mine gotta go be like here. not not jump on our youtube live while their dad is on the youtube your kids yeah Now you go first here okay and then I'll tell you. one thing that really drives me nuts if your kid is beyond the age of eight if they are eight years old or older and you introduce me to your kid and your kid can't look me in the eye or speak or i mean shaking a hand is probably a little far but look me in the eye and speak and say hey hey mr david or hey mr barnett like I hate people with little kids that can't interact with adults. It pisses me off. And to me, it directly reflects to the parents, not like babying them and letting them like, you know, letting them like hop on the teat. Anytime an adult shows up, Oh, 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 there's an adult here, hop on my teat. So you don't have to look or talk or interact or engage. I hate that. So my kids all, well before the age of eight, if they meet an adult, a grown up, and I say, Hey, Collins, this is Mr. Pat. Say hey to Mr. Pat. Collins will say, Hey, Mr. Pat, I'm Collins. And then if you go, Oh, hey Collins, how old are you, buddy? And he's like, I'm eight. Great. Are you married yet? And he'll go, ha <laughs> ha, no. You know, like and he can like small talk and carry on a conversation with an adult. I, I I respect that. And I want other kids to to do that. When I get a kid that can't look me in the freaking eye. Or like my, I have someone very close to me who did not order her own meals at a restaurant until she was 18. Like if she was at the table with her parents, her parents would have to order for her because she didn't want to talk to the server off with her head. You know what I mean? Like I can't handle that. My kids will not be like that. If yours are like that, you got some fixing to do. I hate that. So that's, that's how I would stop
1: Oh, I had a tough one with – you know, kids are kids to me, so they're going to do certain things and they're going to react in certain ways and whatever else. You know what I ha- hate is little smart-ass shit kids <laughs> that have no respect for adults and they just act like they, they're just cocky as shit. And they <laughs> – they, like. and I see this in, the, in in sports when it comes to, like, my son is playing flag football and baseball and whatever. And they just, they, they talk back to adults and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that they get that from their parents. And
0: yeah. that
1: pisses me off because they just, they don't have any respect whatsoever. And uh, I just, I don't like cocky kids. I hate cocky yeah. people and I hate cocky kids. It drives mm-hmm. me crazy. And I feel like a, you know, cocky kid should just, like, they don't have any humbleness to them. Like, if you're, if you're good Correct. at sports,
0: it'd yeah, be, be hard to be humble and cocky. Yeah, it would be. So, I don't know. It just
1: This was a tough one for me because there's a lot of things about kids that piss me off. Um, <laughs> but but I just don't like cockiness. I don't like it. And
0: I, I think it comes from their parents, you know? Yeah. It comes from their parents. cocky kids are the worst. They are the worst. Yeah, all right. Well, you know what? We got to end on that, man. I mean, cocky kids are the worst. It is what it is. Um, thank you guys for sticking around. If you're still here, that's amazing. Uh, We appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you get a chance, maybe uh, leave us a review on iTunes, maybe. That'd be nice. I don't think they call it iTunes anymore. They just call it Apple Podcasts. But leave us a review. Five stars would be fantastic. Maybe write a little something nice, type it up, Uh, make it good, make it nice, make it funny, make it great, make it memorable. Uh, That'd be awesome. We're going to have a great week for the U.S. Open. We're pumped. Hope you're pumped. We're going to record Tour Junkies After Dark now, Pat. And this should be a good one. Another good one. I think it's because I'm I'm feeling good. I'm I'm at Planet Wild Leap right now. I'm in the I'm in the wild right now. I'm wandering. I'm ready to go. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. May your screens be green for the U.S. Open. See ya.